Disclaimer. In this chapter, we will be discussing the murders of two young children and their pregnant mother. The details may be triggering for some listeners. Everything discussed, unless released by law enforcement, should be considered speculation. This will be the only warning, so please do not listen if you are sensitive to this topic. Hey, what's up, guys? Today, we will be venturing into the sadistic mind of Chris Watts. For those of you who may not know or don't remember, on August 13th, 2018, Chris Watts killed his beautiful family, including his wife, Shannon, whom was 34 and pregnant at the time with a boy named Nico, and his two young daughters, Bella and Cece, who were four and three years old, with Bella being the older of the two. Do we know how pregnant Shannon was at the time? Like, how far along was she? How old was Nico in utero? Okay, so she was 15 weeks pregnant, so how many months would that be? It's probably about three and a half months. Three and a half, almost four months. Um, Okay. So Chris did a lot of lying at the beginning of the investigation, and we will get into all of this. The basis of this story is going to be the letters Chris Watts wrote to the author of the novel Letters from Christopher. When did that come out? I've never even heard of it. 2019, and me neither, (laughs) which is really weird. I've actually, like, I knew about the case and I've listened to the interrogation and Me too. the confession and stuff, but I wasn't like some people where they know every single aspect. So yeah. I'm and looking forward to this. Uh, I didn't coverage. like know that the letter was released, I guess. Like, I don't know. Anyway, we're going to get into the letter and all of that. The reason I believe what he wrote in the letters is true is that, It is absolutely heartbreakingly horrible. And I don't know why anyone would make this up, especially since he doesn't want to be portrayed as evil. At least that's the sense I get. Like now he thinks like he found God. I think he he believes that he has received God's forgiveness. He's definitely a little off his rocker. That's very common with inmates. They they usually find God and... um, That's all they have to do. Well, they're bored and they're looking for a way to kind of appease themselves because I don't think Chris Watts is mentally ill as far as a long-term mental illness that needs to be treated. I think that we don't need to know what I think, but he's got something. He's not bipolar. He's not schizophrenic. What I'm saying is he, he didn't have delusions. He didn't have a psychotic break where some voices were telling him he needed to do this. He was cold calculating um, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong in his head, but I'm saying as far as serious mental illnesses or delusions or people thinking that Satan is telling them to kill somebody or um, Laura Clancy or whatever, for example, um, a voice told her that this was her last chance to end her life and she had to take her kids with her. I think not to that level, but there are going to be some conflicting details that might point towards some of that. And you know, he is past the point of trying to create an insanity plea or anything like that. So the things that he ends up saying and the way that he even writes, he's some kind of lunatic. And there was a 
search that he made um, where it was pretty much saying, how do you know when you love someone? And they very much think that that's coming from a place of him possibly not having those emotions and those capabilities. So psychotic features, psychopath. Psychotic. I think he's a psychopath. That's just me though. Psychopath, but not a very small percentage of psychopaths are actual murderers. Yeah, and there, like I said, we'll get into the. I believe he calls them um, visions or something like that. There, there's some, there's some stuff that I didn't know before that uh, definitely comes up. So before the novel was released, but after Chris was in prison, he gave investigators some information, but not all. So he he started with lying in the initial investigations. He went in, that, yeah. yeah. Then he went into giving some details, and then once in prison and like everything was done, FBI was done with him. This author got a hold of him, and they kind of made a deal in a way. So wasn't his first story that like before. After we got past the whole, I don't know what happened. She must have left and took the kids on a play date. Wasn't his first real story that uh, Shannon killed mm-hmm. the kids and he got mad in, in a rage. He killed her. Yeah. Yeah. And then we worked through the real story. But anyways, okay. I just wanted to make Yeah. Sure. No, that's when his dad sits in front of him and he's like, dad, right. it was her. She's crazy. Yeah. No, but that's exactly what happened, and we will get into that a little bit. Um, So, picking up where we left off, uh, he gave investigators some information, but not all. So, in prison in February of 2019, he recalled to investigators that he told Shanann he wanted to separate because of his affair with then-girlfriend Nicole Kessinger. He and Shanann got into an argument and he alleged that Shanann threatened to keep him from ever seeing his daughters again. That was when Chris strangled Shanann to death. Investigators claimed he kept saying he told them that he felt like he'd snapped and was in a rage at the time and barely realized what he was doing until it was too late. Do you believe this? I don't think, I mean, it very well could have happened, but I do really believe that he had to insert some lies with each story that he told. So there's some conflicting information. So yeah, there's some conflicting information in like his letters that he wrote to that author that make me think maybe it was a little bit more simple than that. Literally him just telling her he didn't want to be with her anymore and then killing her. Um, But who knows, right? And let's also keep in mind that now that he's found God and he's trying to um, live a better life, I think it's still early enough in his new, new found spiritual living, I guess that he's probably trying to be as honest as he possibly can. So mm-hmm. I would I would err yeah. on the side of his his letters are probably the most truthful thing that we've heard so far. I agree fully. I think that his letters are truthful and I think that when there is something that he did not want to say or talk about or tell the truth on, he said, I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to take that to my grave. And are you going to read that. the letters? Yeah, we'll get to the letter after. It, it's one long letter that, like, I think it's the only one that she actually ended up releasing. But she had multiple from him. Obviously, she was able to do the whole book. Interesting. 
Yeah. And this is a quote from Chris Watts. He said, every time I think about it, I'm just like, did I know I was going to do that? I didn't want to do this, but I did it. I don't even want to say it felt like I had to. It just felt like there was already something in my mind that was implanted that I was going to do it. And when I woke up that morning, it was going to happen and I had no control over it. So Bella walked into their room and asked what was wrong with her mother, to which Chris reportedly responded, mommy don't feel good. Chris proceeded to wrap Shanann's body in a sheet and drag it down the stairs of their home. Now I heard, and maybe I'm wrong, but didn't he drop her? He was trying to carry her and uh, she was just too heavy and he dropped her. And that's kind of what made the kids started start to cry and he was dragging her down the stairs wrapped in that sheet like how horrific if that's if I don't I actually yeah. that, like how horrific for those poor little girls I didn't see anything that confirmed the drop and the girls would have been crying by then anyway because as we'll get into it they would have already been smothered once and then woke up they were already pretty much tortured by that point and my god I had no idea there's no way that they weren't crying is what I would um, assume. And some of the things Chris said were pretty sadistic. Um, at this point, Chris proceeded to, you know, wrap her body up in the sheet, dragged it down the stairs. And he said that Bella was a, quote, smart girl who knew what was going on and began to cry. So she did start crying. Um, he buckled Bella and three-year-old Celeste into the back seat of his vehicle, loaded Shanann's body into it, and drove to the oil site. So again, that's what he told police once he was in prison. Now we will get into more detail. So without further ado, here's the information from the letters. Chris said he had attempted to smother his children, Cece and Bella, before strangling his pregnant wife, Shanann, at their home in Frederick, Colorado. Hmm. I didn't know that. I thought he, I thought he suffocated them at the, after he had basically buried Shanann. Yeah, I mean, not no. It just it was it went on longer than what we thought. Yeah, like mm -hmm. what I have always thought was that the girls, the only reason they were taken, or no, that's not right either, because in the neighbors' door cam footage, you can see the shadows of the little girls kind of walking mm -hmm. up beside the truck before they were put into the truck. Um, I didn't know that they were suffocated before. I thought that they were suffocated at the oil site after he had basically buried Shanann and before he put the, and I thought that Bella saw Cece go into that. Oh, but I'm going to stop talking. You just do your thing. Yeah, no, I, and some of that is um, accurate. So needless to say, his attempt to smother his children first failed. The children woke up bruised and traumatized by Chris's actions. The man who was supposed to protect them had caused them pain. He never admitted to any of this in his interviews in 2018, but the author of that book stated that Chris just wanted one thing out of working with her for the book, and that was for the author to publish his testimony of coming to God and the forgiveness he received. Ooh. So stupid. 
And I hate that he was handed that opportunity, but I understand the author's need to be that person to get the information and release it. I would do the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he might have made some money from it. And, like, I hate that he would even have the possibility of that opportunity. But at the end of the day, there was also FBI um, agents and police officers and investigators who really wanted to know these little pieces of information that just didn't make sense. And it truly gave them some form of peace of mind. So there are some good things and there's some bad things. It definitely helps with closure, I think, for law enforcement to have those details that don't really come into play when looking for a conviction. But just to kind of put the whole story together, it doesn't make it right. But if you understand something, it's easier to accept it. Yeah, and they worked tirelessly to get a confession from Chris, and he always refused to walk them through it properly. And um, this really, yeah, it just gave them the opportunity to really know what happened. Um, So near the beginning of the letter, he states that the petition that was going around at that time was mind-blowing to him, and he couldn't believe that people wanted him to suffer like that. Oh, wow. And that's in quotes, like, like, that's what he says. Like, I can't believe people want me to suffer like this. And so what that petition was, was to get him to remove the photos of Bella and Cece and Shanann from his prison cell wall. And he couldn't just leave that there in the letter. He followed that statement up with saying an inmate elsewhere wrote him saying they can't make him do that because then everyone else would have to do the same with their family photos. To me, totally different scenario seeing as Chris killed his family and I think it's totally inappropriate and cruel to allow prisoners to have photos of their victims on the wall. And I mean that's not allowed. You wouldn't have seen John Wayne Gacy with the photos of his victims on his wall like That's a totally different thing. Inmates can have pictures of their loved ones and their family, but they're not allowed to have pictures of their victims. And unfortunately, once your loved one becomes your victim, you don't get to refer to them as family anymore, in my opinion. Yeah, you lose every right. Mm -hmm. And Yeah, no, he shouldn't shouldn't be able to uh, appease himself and comfort himself by having pictures of the people who loved him the most when he he's the reason that they're no longer alive. And that's so. just one reason why I think that he was off his rocker as well. Like he just not able to empathize and to see things from any other totally psychopath 100%. Yeah. yeah. And but also like that supposed letter that that prisoner sent him it might not even really be true. Like who knows? Like if there was a white lie within Chris's letter I would say that is it because usually when people are lying they want to back it up by either inserting someone else or more information and that's how I personally took it like why couldn't you just say like I can't believe people wanted to hurt me that way I have the right to it instead he had to be like I received a personal letter from another inmate who said you know and it's almost like another way to insert his own secondary opinion is That's how right. I read it. And make it seem like he's got backing and kind of a kind of some kind of historic um precedent. Yeah. To back his own selfish bullshit up for sure. I get it. Mm-hmm. Idiot. Did he have to take him down? 
I don't believe so. I think we should get a petition. Screw that guy. I agree. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> Change.org? Yeah. Change.org. Yeah. I bet you one's already up. For sure. I bet. There's no way that we're the first ones to think of it. <laughs> we're going to Google it and we're going to sign it. Yeah. So moving on with the letter, he ends up stating that he agrees that he should be in prison for what he has done, but that if he was ever released, he would never be a threat to society. That to me says he believes he should be in prison for some time, but not the rest of his life. This is confirmed in another part of the letter where he talks about how his attorneys told him about other countries and how they handle murder charges and telling him he would have only received like 25 years if he had lived elsewhere. You know, um, seems like a pretty common thing that lawyers are now throwing around to their... Um, sure, but I mean, that and, you know, like, who cares? Like, what does that have to do with where you committed your horrendous crime? You know what I mean? He thinks focus. Your life is over. Yeah, he thinks he only should have twenty five years, oh. and it's like, well, that sucks. I hope it drives you crazy. Being I locked wonder. Up forever. You know what that sounds like? I know that sounds like the Canadian justice system. Oh, yeah, twenty five years is considered life, and you usually get parole halfway through, maybe three quarters, but still, life is not life in Canada. Life is twenty five years unless you're deemed a dangerous offender. And even then, you still come up for parole. It is ridiculous. But anyways, that's probably what they were referring to. Very uncommon for a, like a triple murderer, which we just had a few years ago, to be um, sentenced to um, life for each count of murder. So one, two, three counts of life. So that's 25 years, but they're usually served concurrently. So at the same time, um, just recently, Canada had one of its first uh, triple life sentences handed down where the sentence is to be served consecutively. So this individual, 75 years in prison with no chance of parole until each of those sentences is served, which is, is great. We're actually going to do that case. So I'm not going to bring it up, but. So we trailed off a bit there, but yeah, like I said, I hope he, uh, hope he goes a little crazy being locked up forever. I hope that 25 years passes and he starts going, wow, I really thought things were going to start changing here. My attorney said <laughs> that America too was going to change. But yeah, I don't think that's going to happen in America. No way. Me either. He'll die in jail if he even makes it that long, honestly. See, there are inmates that would love the notoriety of being the one to kill Chris Watts. He ends up saying something actually in this letter where he says that if the world ever hears this, he will probably, if he ever gets released, he'll be killed. And if he ever changes institutions, he'll probably be killed there. So it is very possible. <laughs> Why he thinks like he feels safe in his prison right now? Is there a reason for that? Don't know the reason, but it sure does sound like he does feel safe. It almost seems like he has some kind of support system there. Um, we're going to get into more of that in the letter that give me the sense that he has, maybe, I don't even think it's protection. I think it's like, he has like a community there or something. I don't know. Probably the religious people. So further to that, he actually states if he ever did get released, he would go to a ministry and try to help other inmates. Big eye roll for this guy. I hate him. 
like again like why are you planning that for if you get out why don't you try to do like i don't know like if you were truly sorry maybe you would be looking at like victim um services and like things that you can do to help or spread awareness or any of that mental health is something to me if he's really sorry he should shut up and serve his time pay the price all of it he's he's not right he's just a piece of shit he is so now i'm going to read the majority of the letter just removing his little uh religious rants if you will so as i'm going to be reading from this letter um it's going to be as if like i wrote the letter but just know this is chris watts's words I know I already told you about the vision I had before August 13th when I was laying in bed and all the lights were on in the loft and downstairs and I felt so alone. That's exactly what happened August 14th when I was laying in bed. I'm not sure if I want this in the book or if God does, but here are the things I left out. Yeah, so that that's his opening to the letter very interesting so like a little bit of a recap there the vision he had before august 13th meaning the vision he had before the murders he is saying that he had the same vision august 14th which is after the murders laying in bed he felt alone weird (laughs) you just killed your family he felt alone because he was alone at that point yeah and you know the vision Maybe I should buy the book because I bet she has context on the vision and stuff. I mean, if if the vision was of significance, the information would be out there now that the book is published. It must not be as significant, but I just thought it was very interesting. And when he says that he's not sure if he wants the book out or if it's God. Um, what a nut so crazy obviously and then that's what i'm thinking he's just off his rocker totally and he ends it by saying but here are the things i left out and by out he means kept slash lied to the fbi about Right. right okay so august 12th when i finished putting the girls to bed i walked away and said that's the last time i'm going to be tucking my babies in I knew what was going to happen the day before, and I did nothing to stop it. I was numb to the entire world. I had literally taken my kids to a birthday party, played with water balloons, had an amazing time, sung songs all the way home, gave them both a shower, ate dinner, read bedtime stories, and sang bedtime songs, and still nothing registered. When Shanann had to be somewhere, I always enjoyed taking the girls places or playing outside because it was our opportunity to bond. And still, even the night before, I couldn't stop myself from what I knew would occur the next morning. Again, these th- this is his words, so he doesn't go into detail on if Shanann was home yet or not, but he says, August 13th, morning of, I went to the girls' room first before Shanann and I had our argument. I went to Bella's room and then Cece's room and used a pillow from their bed. That's why the cause of death was smothering. After I left Cece's room, then I climbed back in bed with Shanann and our argument ensued. After Shanann had passed, Bella and Cece woke back up I'm not sure how they woke back up, 
but they did. It makes the act that much worse knowing I went to their rooms first and knowing I still took their lives at the location of the batteries. Whoa. So he could have stopped. He didn't stop. I, I mean, this whole time I had that in my head um, in that he drove. Was it like a 45 minute drive to that well site with his two little baby daughters alive and well in the backseat, knowing what he was going to do when he got there? And still, like, he had 45 minutes of driving time. That's usually what I do to clear my mind. I go for a drive. So, long. so you've got time to change your mind, and he still. But now he did it, and then he did it again. What a monster. A monster. And he ends up saying something along the lines of, like, he received three signs from God to stop. Like, what Like what are you talking about? And did you ignore what you believe to be a sign? Well, at the at the time, he probably didn't he probably didn't think of it as a sign. But looking back, um, the first sign is like the fact that you're just not supposed to murder your family or anybody. Yeah. Um. So the reason, and this he, again, this is going right back into the letter and using his words. The reason the medical examiner found oxycodone in Shannon's system is because I gave it to her. I thought it would be easier to be with Nicole if Shannon wasn't pregnant. If the world knew all of that, I'm pretty sure a new petition would be started to have me put to death or I would be killed in prison if I ever got transferred from this institution. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure if this was a spiritual visit, but I had a dream that Cece was dancing next to the chair in my cell. When she was dancing, one of my folders on the chair started moving and I thought she was in trouble. So I said, watch out, get away, watch out. Then I woke up. I'm hoping she comes back. I hope everyone comes to visit me. I'm trying to see if I can clear my head better before I go to sleep to help. He goes into some religious stuff and ends the letter. I mean, I hope nobody visits you ever. I hope you rot. Anyway. He's an idiot. That wasn't a, that wasn't, that wasn't a visit. That was God saying, look what you've done. Mm -hmm. Live it. Remember what you've lost. It wasn't a visit. Yeah, no, if they, horrible to even like think that way to be like, I hope they all visit me. The person who fucking ruined their lives. Like as if. He's crazy. He later said, I realize now the girls getting up and walking around may have been God's third attempt to stop what I was doing. So again, I'd love to know what he believes was the first and second attempt. If the third attempt was the girls getting up after he thought that he had already smothered them. That's the third clue. Like, Are you kidding me? You literally had a chance to go back. Those girls probably, like, wouldn't have, like, you were going to prison anyway. You couldn't let your girls live. You killed their mother in between them being smothered and waking back up. You could have let them live. An absolute monster. Yeah. He also said that his overwhelming feeling was being so mad they were still alive. Wow. And that's in quotes. What a dick. So instead of being like, oh, wow. You guys are still alive. Should I do this or not? He just felt overwhelming anger about it. And that's, again, 
Disgusting. So disgusting. He then drove with his wife's body, her face, and feet wrapped in garbage bags and his two daughters to a remote oil field. And, just a reminder, his daughters were alive at this time as they had woken up from his failed attempt at smothering them. He had packed his lunch, a shovel, and rake along with a gas can. And when FBI asked him if he contemplated suicide, he said, The FBI asked me if I was going to take my own life. And I told them I thought about it, but honestly, no. I was not going to take my own life. No, that wasn't his purpose. Like, he wanted to spend his life with Nicole. Yeah, no shit. He packed his lunch for the day. Yeah. He was just going to go get rid of this, and then he's going to go work. Like, or nothing happened. But a psychopath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He, um, so he recalled that it took him an hour to drive to the site where he methodically killed both of his daughters. Chris said, I dumped Shanann on the ground, then I walked back to the truck, and with the blanket that Celeste was holding, I put it over her head and smothered her. Watts squeezed Cece's body through an eight-inch hatch in one of the oil tankers. He then said, I couldn't believe how easy it was to just let her drop through the hole and let her go. I heard the splash as she hit the oil. He was talking to the author again of that crime novel when he relived in appalling detail how he killed Bella after she had watched him murder and dispose of her sister. He spoke of his surprise, and this is in quotes, little quiet Bella had a will to live. Oh, what a piece of shit. I mean, like, my heart hurts. He talks like a psychopath, though. Yeah. You know what I'm talking like saying? Little quiet Bella had a will to live. Like, yeah. does he think that he's um Alan Edgar Poe? <laughs> yeah, like the Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar <laughs> Allan Poe. That's what it gives to me. Like it, it's given psychopath. Alfred Hitchcock vibes. For sure, it's horrible creep like he th i think it's because he thinks he's so smart no i mean that's a common psychopath trait too they do think they're smarter than everybody diabolical maybe smart no yeah and so continuing with the same quote out of all three bella is the only one that put up a fight i will hear her soft little voice for the rest of my life saying daddy no she knew what I was doing to her. She may not have understood death, but she knew I was killing her. Like, the things that he admits to but won't admit to seem fucking really bonkers. Twisted. Like, he's protecting certain people. So, who, like, who gave him the oxycodone? Mm -hmm. Codeine? Oxy? And there's codeine and there's also codone. So It's... it's the stronger of the two, I think, is codone. Oxycodone. Well, the oxy. Where did he get the oxy? Well, my opinion, I still say it was Nicole's. Like, And that's alleged, speculative. And 100%. But <laughs> and right. we'll get into Nicole. Who else would he be protecting at this point? Nicole's the mistress of Chris Watts at the time of the murders. And who else would he be protecting at this point in time? Honestly, it was Nicole. Allegedly. Yeah. but. And his side of things is that, like, you ask him, why did you murder your family? And he says, so that I can be with Nicole. That's right. And Nicole says, no, he didn't kill them. 
for me. He actually killed them probably for money. And it's like, okay, what money and what are you talking about? Did he have insurance on their lives? Like, I don't know. I don't know either, but come on. Come on. And honestly, like, in my opinion, the interviews that she gives and stuff, it's very weird. I will be actually playing a clip in a bit. A couple of clips. It's just weird. I don't like her. Don't like her. Same. And it's only because some... Probably because of the interview clips that you're going to be... Like, honestly, if you find out that the man that you're dating, you didn't know, but now you found out that his wife is pregnant and they're not separated and they're not getting a divorce, um, what are you doing? Then, further that, when you figure out that, okay, now his wife and kids are missing, come on. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you even helping with the search? You're just staying quiet. Is it because possibly you know where they are? I mean, I mean, let's not <laughs> speculate into that, but I think that he gave him the oxycodone, um, allegedly. Yeah, and I mean, as for her, she even know that he had a wife and kids in the picture. And we'll, like I said, we'll get into it a little bit, not too much. She because... said that she did, though. She knew that he was married, but they were separating. And text no, that's messages. What I said. He, they're no longer in his life. Like, he told her he's done with them kind oh. of thing. Um. The clips that I end up playing are her being pretty emotional about it, but even her emotional parts seem very dramatic in a bad way. Forced. Forced dramatics where, like, I would just look at you and think, are you done? Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel remorseful or anything like that. And the, the first conversation with the police, to me, she didn't... She didn't really, she didn't seem genuinely surprised. She didn't seem genuinely concerned or surprised. Like there was no real, like how a, an innocent, I had no idea a person would be acting. Like I would be a mess. I would be a mess if, if and I found guilt. out that the man that I was dating had a whole family that he had just murdered. I would have and been. And he's saying that he murdered to be with me. Yeah, that I mean, that would that would put any normal, rational human being beside themselves. And she just wasn't. I just and I don't like her. Her phone searches. It's not like yeah. Um, it's not her looking for like the police so that she can give her statement or anything like that. She's searching things like yeah, the, like Amber Fry. Like yeah. how did she? Yeah, did yeah. people well, hate her? <laughs> Will people like me maybe yeah, Sue? Exactly. Like, like come, come on. on. Come on. <laughs> um, okay, we'll get to that a little bit more in a second. Where we left off was the the quote. He has repeatedly told investigators that his daughters were not alive when they went into the tanks and that he had intentionally separated their bodies into two separate tanks. Did he say why? No, but when I was reading all of this, I was thinking, I wonder if it's religious reasons. I don't know. If any of you guys know, uh, let us know. <laughs> so Chris said, I had to put the girls in the tank so they wouldn't get up the second time. It enrages me. Yeah. Working the oil gas field, I, I know exactly what kind of tanks these are. And I know Same. exactly what those thief hatches look like and how far the drop would have been. Mm -hmm. And even if the barrel was almost empty, there's still enough down there that they would have drowned if they were still alive. And 
I just. Well, yeah. And it was in like their nose. It was in their, it was, it was everywhere. And then it was, and then it was hard and almost impossible for them to even transport the bodies to the memorial because they were flammable. They were flammable. Yeah. I remember that. That's just it's a, like the worst, the worst, Horrible. the worst thing happened to those little girls at the hands of their father. So he said that about the girls being in the tank so that they wouldn't get up a second time. Um, at this point, he then turned to the task of burying his wife in a shallow grave. And what he said about this is horrendous. Chris said, when I dug the hole, it seemed a lot deeper than it was. As I pulled on the sheet, she rolled out and into the hole. I think she had given birth. She landed face down. I remember being so angry with her that I was not going to change how she landed. So she landed on her face and he looked at her like, like he, he tries to excuse these things with anger. I looked at her and I was so angry. So I thought, whatever. Like, and he thinks she had given birth. Like, I think you would notice a fetus attached to an umbilical cord so and the, probably blood because that wouldn't be given birth. That would probably be a spontaneous abortion, a miscarriage. Yeah. And there's, a, I'm going to tell you about that in a second. There's actually a video of um, a police officer going through the sheet that she was wrapped in. And there is a significant amount of dirt that was in it and just a bunch of blood and stuff. So like she was strangled the blood was obviously from yeah right um the autopsy later confirmed that shanann's amniotic sac containing the fetus was protruding from her vaginal area so he said he didn't know he obviously fucking seen it wow shanann's cause of death was ruled as strangulation and the two girls were smothered the report also noted that Bella and Celeste had crude oil in their throats, stomachs, and lungs after spending days in the bottom of the tanks. Following the murders and the disposals of their bodies, Watts searched Google for the lyrics of the Metallica song, Battery. Thought that was a little interesting. The lyrics include the lines, Lunacy has found me, cannot stop the battery, pounding out aggression, turns into obsession, cannot kill the battery, cannot kill the family. I think that's unfair to link that song with this case. I I love Metallica and that's one of my favorite Metallica songs and it's not because I am crazy and violent and it's just a good song that pumps you up when when you need it. Exactly. You just said it though. That's why it's linked. Oh, I guess. Fucking guy. I hate him. Yeah. Like he would have been like in a souped up truck, probably oh, jamming God. out to it, just trying to get his mind off of it and like feeling. I bet you he felt almost like powerful because he was listening to this metal song. We both love Metallica. It's nothing to do with them, but he was using that song to what? pump himself up. Oh, pig. I and hate him. The worst part is that when you're listening to music, you don't just search the lyrics for no reason he was connecting with the lyrics 100 percent. and and i mean what am i thinking like if you have to actually google search metallica lyrics you're not a metallic fan and <laughs> yeah. you just stumbled across a really great song so fuck that guy whatever yeah <laughs> <clears throat> i'm good with it <laughs> Um, and so that same book author asked him about the claims that Watts gave his wife, the oxycodone 
And he responded with conflicting stories, saying he had given it to her twice, once at her parents' home in North Carolina to try and cause a miscarriage. Um, Because, again, he thought that it would be easier to be with Nicole if she had a miscarriage. And then immediately before her death. And then later on, he contradicted himself and said he'd only given it to her once in North Carolina. So he either gave it to her before he killed her or he didn't. And he's gone back and forth on that one. And so, yeah, when the author asked him where he got the oxy, he told her that was one of the things that he will take to his death, which makes me really wonder what else he will be taking to his death. It was Nicole. Allegedly. Allegedly. It could have been Nicole for sure. But like what he said, just the choice of words, you know, that is one of the things I will take to my death. What else are you taking? And don't take it. Just spew the truth. Tell us. <sighs> That's between me and God. God ain't your bestie, all right? Yeah, you still have to pay your debt. You still have to do penance for what you've done. Yeah. God's forgiveness isn't free. And you're not talking to God, bro. If, if you think that, like, you seen shit and then thought i'm gonna go murder my family you're not talking to god if that's what you believe in and you believe in god and you believe in satan you're talking to the devil himself are you crazy a few hours after he buried his family watts's alibi began to fall apart he gave an awkward tv interview appealing for his wife and daughter's safe return Awkward indeed, because like he never once actually seemed like he was upset. Like it's he weird. was doing a lot of self-soothing behaviors too. Mm-hmm. The rocking back and forth, the keeping his hands and arms tightly crossed in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was definitely doing a lot of self-soothing in that uh, first interview. Actually, the whole every every interview before they um, charged him. Yeah, especially in this house, and then there's, so there's the video when they first talk to him at the house, then there's the one where he, like, walks them through the house and keeps answering questions, and he's doing the same things over and over, and then there's when they're over at the neighbor's, and I remember when all of this was happening, and the first time I watched the video of the neighbor talking to the police when Chris stepped away was just insane. So while they're questioning Chris while they're watching the video, again, a lot of soothing behaviors, the rocking and everything is happening there a lot, and the second he walks away, the neighbor is like he's acting weird man. he's acting weird look at this why would he back his truck up it is it's insane the surveillance footage gathered from his neighbor's home showed chris on the morning of the murders had backed his truck up to the garage loaded up the vehicle and like driven partially off. into the garage mm-hmm. so you couldn't even see what he was loading up like right up into it yeah and the clip i'm about to play is the moment chris stepped away and the neighbors started telling the police that something was fishy they tell police there's no reason for him to back his truck up to the garage the way he did and, and that he's it, never done it before and he's never done it before yeah. let's have a listen it just seems kind of odd to me why would he pull the truck up and go to the garage right yeah, I've never seen him pull back. I've never seen him. If he loads his stuff, he normally just walks back and forth because I get him on camera. What, what does he usually load up? All he usually has is a lunch box and a book bag 
looks like a computer and usually a water jug, that's it. But the fact that he was in here and explaining to it over and over and over. Well, odd. But it doesn't, he doesn't look worried. He looks like he's trying to cover his tracks. You know what I'm saying? Right. And if he's loading his stuff, why isn't he walking back and forth? But I can't see what he's doing in the back of the truck because he pulled into the garage. Yeah. And he knows my camera's there. Any other neighbors have cameras around here you know of? Um, I'm sure a bunch of them do, but not that I know of. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. That is, and when you actually watch the clip um, before Chris leaves the room, there's um, there's a commercial on TV of like a fetus. Like yeah, a, I remember that. You remember that? And that's when he, like, I don't know if it sparks his memory or just just verbal <laughs> diarrhea of like, oh, wait, my wife is pregnant too. You know what I mean? Like, it's all just so twisted. It is twisted and... And those shadows, too, um, of the neighbor's camera. Like I said before, you can actually see the shadows of Bella and Cece walking along the truck, just kind of waiting for their dad to open the door for them. It's tragic. Yeah, and the clip is just so, I don't know, too, like just imagine being the neighbor and being like, I'm telling you, something's up here. Mm-hmm. Like they knew. They knew, the friend knew, everybody knew. Absolutely, yeah. Chris Watts had told police, friends, and family that Shanann had run off with their daughters while he was at work, but the surveillance tape revealed no one but Watts had left the house that day, so that's not true. The Frederick police administered a polygraph to Watts. Investigators say he came to the test in loose clothing and was wearing no wedding ring. Suspicious. Weird. Creepy. Horrible. Sad. Diabolical. Planned. Trying to get away with it. Idiot. Symbolical to him being freed. Yeah. And symbolic for sure. For him to move on with Nicole. Nicole. And then, um, after a long conversation with his father, Ronnie, Watts admitted to killing his wife, but initially claimed that Shannon had killed the girls because he had told her that he wanted to end their marriage. Ridiculous. Like, oh yeah, I'm breaking up with you. Roar, I'm gonna go kill my kids because you don't want to be with me. Get real. And his dad was like eating it up for a second. But then I I mean, I don't know. You're still gonna comfort your son, but in his mind he's probably thinking Give me more information as well. You've gotta change your story, son. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah. Well he starts asking questions too. He's like, Really? Damn. Like I mean I can't remember it word for word, mm-hmm. but I remember thinking, yeah, his dad doesn't believe him either. Now Chris Watts has claimed that he murdered his family so he could be free to be with Mistress Nicole. We said that. <laughs> Following the murders, Nicole was reportedly placed in witness protection and is now living in a different state under a new identity. After Shanann and her daughters were killed, Nicole contacted the police and spoke with them for nearly two hours on August 16th. 
again though like i don't know i mean i guess she did contact police so that's good because she had to she knew that they were going to come to her so that's that's one of the things that would make you look less guilty and less suspicious and she probably knew that but that to me just shows how diabolical she's probably being I'm going to nip this in the bud. I'm going to go to them so they don't have to discover me somewhere down the road. Do you know what I'm saying? I think she went into immediate self-preservation exactly. mode. Um, I don't know if that means that she's guilty or not, or if she was I think you and worried. I are on different sides of the fence on this particular topic. Uh, I'm on the side of the fence that if, you know, investigators had any reason to look into her more, they would have, and because they didn't, I'm going to say they didn't for a reason. Because Chris is taking that information to his death. No, but they have all, every single text message that they've ever, you know, had with one another. There'd have to be something in there that says that she wanted them dead or something like that. Um, in my opinion. And, and not even all of that. It's literally just the fact that investigators are obviously protecting her. We're worried about her. Wanted to make sure that she was somewhere with a new identity. And um, I'm not saying that um, she's not involved. I think it is super suspicious. And I did say that I don't think that she's genuine in her interviews. And that she's lacking something. Um, so I don't even think that I'm on one side of the fence. I'm on the fence. <laughs> Where I am not. <laughs> Um, you know, I think if you were ever called to jury duty, they'd say no. <laughs> no, for sure. Absolutely. I am not jury material. I, I get totally it. Am. I get it. I get it. I get I it. Get it. <laughs> I get it. But I, I mean, I have my opinions and they're pretty strong and they're usually based in fact. What's the fact? I don't like her. <laughs> He's taking the information to his death. That to me... What is the one thing that Chris has wanted this whole thing? What was his goal? To protect and to to get a life with Nicole. He loved her. He loves her so much. And he even tried. He was even contact, in contact with her while in prison. Okay. And she had to change her name or whatever. What happened? But anyways, he loved her. That was his end goal. Nicole. So, he didn't love her, first of all. He's a psychopath, and he doesn't know what love is. Fine, but lust, whatever. This was his goal. That's what he wanted, and this is why he did what he did. What is the one thing now that he probably swore to her? Up and down, pillow talk, baby. I will never bring you into this. I will protect you until the day I die. And that's what he's doing. Some men suck. I think that... If that were the case, he would have said something after she stopped talking to him. Men are very vindictive for sure, absolutely 100%. <laughs> when, but leave it more crazy. time. This is 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. He just found God not too terribly long ago. Let him get further down that spiritual path. And I At bet she spills his beans. Four years he found yeah, God. Yeah, but the, I mean, it is what it is. I know people, I don't know personally people in jail, but it took them a long time to truly buy into and understand the meaning of, I don't know, what do you call it? Like, um, penance? No, not really. That, yeah, penance for sure. But in order to receive forgiveness, you have to confess all your sins and um, own the accountability for everything you've done. And I don't think he's quite there yet because he's still taking 
information to the dead. He's still protecting somebody. Who's the somebody? Motive was Nicole. I think you're not giving enough credit to police officers to figure out that the oxy came from Nicole if it was Nicole. Like, what I'm saying is if you get a prescription, she could have had, she could have had a prescription for oxycodone. It would have been so easy to find if she had a prescription. Unless it was like a year old. They would find that so easily. Yeah, but so many people have prescriptions for oxycodone. You go on my history, I've had a prescription for oxycodone. And you don't think that people would have released that by now? You don't think that we would know that and be like, it is Nicole. She had a prescription in 2016 for oxy. It's obviously coming from her. That would be a thing. Maybe, but she's in witness protection, so all of her records are sealed. She's in witness protection because everybody else wanted to kill her at the time. <laughs> because she is the motive. She is the motive. Which is wrong. You shouldn't be blaming this woman for the actions of some psychopath, honestly. I mean, you're blaming her because you think that she's involved. Though. However, I'm not saying that she's responsible or accountable for these deaths. I don't think that she planned anything with him. Oh, I but- She's That's the, the reason. vibes that you've been given this whole time. Oh, no, no. <laughs> she is the reason Chris did what he did. He is promising her. I think that he, she knew that she was pregnant. I think that mm. there's a good possibility that she supplied him with oxy to force a miscarriage so it would be easier for him to separate from her. But I don't think that Nicole's saying, oh, you need to kill your entire family if you want to be with me. Like that's got... Um, can't remember. There was something like that. Yeah. I think there's been a couple like that. Yeah. Definitely more plausible. That yeah. second bit that you said there. Like, that's more plausible. I don't. Again, I would just like to think that investigators would know that she gave the oxy if she did. But the storyline behind her giving the oxy there makes a little bit more sense. Like, oh, okay. You wanted him not to have a new baby. Mm-hmm. It's it a would bit be much. easier to be separated from a man that didn't have a brand new baby. Yeah, and specifically, he I think he felt, from what I read, my interpretation of it was that he didn't want to put the effort into having a pregnant wife. She was pregnant. She needed to be careful, and she, sometimes she needed things, and, you know, he couldn't spend all that time with Nicole because he had a pregnant wife at home. And it is not normal for you to not be at home with your family, especially when your wife is pregnant. So Nicole told investigators that she and Watts met at work and began talking outside of the office around late May 2018. Not that far off of the murders. A few weeks later from that May 2018, their relationship became sexual. So again, it's only a few months that they were chatting that way she claimed that watts had told her that his marriage was over and did not mention his daughters or the fact that his wife was pregnant with their third child nicole was adamant that she never would have pursued a relationship or even agreed to date watts had she known he was still with his wife and this is a quote from nicole who was crying at the time um it's like you know i'm gonna wake up every day and know that like this mom and her unborn child and these two little girls are not around anymore and it breaks my heart. Here's a quick clip of some of her interview with police. Again, you guys can decide how you feel about her. Here it is. Why would you wipe out 
anything to him never, about like never anything ever. about his kids being a problem nope. anything about his wife being a problem never never this shocked me just as much as i think it shocked the rest of the world Ugh. He's so disgusting. I'm so ashamed of him. Why? 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 How? I don't even understand how you could, like, bring yourself to do that to somebody who's, like, that big. <laughs> so, yeah. Disingenuine. I'm sorry, but I just don't like her. I will say that re-listening to it again, I don't think the first couple pieces to that clip sounds genuine but the last clip feels a little genuine to me she sounds a little bit more like she's actually kind of wondering what the hell is going on he wiped out his entire family to be with me to me that if you've already come to that realization and you get that if it were me i would be a mess i wouldn't be using words like wiped out i just i don't like her um, so she also worried about what would happen to her when she was revealed to be the other woman. We talked about this briefly. She said, my name is about to be like slandered for probably a while. I don't know how long it's going to take to heal, but I would not be surprised if it's going to be hard to go out in public sometimes for a couple of years. Investigators examined the phone of Nicole and found searches for sexual videos and positions an hour's worth of searches for Shanann Watts. After the murders, police say Nicole searched for Can Cops Trace text messages and made multiple searches for Amber Fry, the mistress of convicted murderer Scott Peterson. She searched whether people hate Amber Fry and searched Fry's subsequent book deal. Right. Now Chris yeah, has a book that. deal. Yeah, yeah. And she searched about a book deal. Right, 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 right. right. See? But then listen, this, but. This is like the case I've been building in the podcast, right? So I'm on the fence still, but here's my theory if she was involved. He says that it was Nicole that he was thinking of when he murdered his family. And what does she say? Nicole told investigators she had deleted texts and photos from her phone that Watson sent her. Nicole said that she didn't believe the affair was the catalyst for the murders, but it may have accelerated the process. She told them that money is the biggest catalyst for this event happening. Event. I love that. So now let's connect those dots, which I have not seen anybody else connect so far. If she's saying it's money and she's searching this book deal. One plus one. If she is involved, it's obviously she's right. It is money driven for her. Right. Now you're starting to lean on my side of the bed. This is always where I was going. Mm. You were just going down some weird oxy train. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Again. I'll let the listeners decide for themselves on their opinion of Nicole and Chris's relationship. Many people believe she was somehow involved. Those same people think she fakes her crying and emotions and shock at the murders. I sure do. Me, 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 me. (laughs) At the end of the day, we know what happened to those beautiful humans and we know that true evil walks this earth every day and it's unsettling to say the least. 
Also, just to add on and give context as to why he's not on death row or anything, when Watts was going through his trial, he took a plea deal to avoid the death penalty and pled guilty to the murders. He will spend the rest of his life in prison and is currently being housed at Dodge Correctional Institution, Wisconsin. These beautiful humans lost their lives to the one person they counted on most. This evil man hid his ugly from the world for a long time. And I think we should all remember that these people can be anywhere. Be careful out there. I'm speechless. I feel like the letter put a different level of twisted on this case for me. Like I always knew he was a monster and I always... My heart always broke for Cece and Bella and, I mean, even Shannon. Um, But the the little girls just, you know, pull up my heartstrings and that's next level evil, what he did. Um, I think that these people need to be remembered as a loving family unit. The mom and her two little girls with her unborn son, um, Chris, lost the right to call him their his family. Um I'm still stuck on the whole petition thing. We need to see if mm-hmm. there's a petition to have his right to have his family photos on the wall taken away from him. His parents, sure. Yeah. Hang pictures of your mommy and daddy. Yeah. But those little girls are not yours. And Shannon and Nico, Nico is not yours. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this, what's... I wonder who named him Nico. <gasps> It had to have been Shanann. We have to believe like that. Like he wouldn't do that. He didn't. Do you think he planted that? I'm name? disgusted. If that's true, we don't know. I'm just. just no, no. His name was Nico. No, it's Nico, and then her name's Nicole. <gasps> I'm just. I'm. I don't know though if Shanann came up with it or if like Chris fed it to her. But like I also just because to. they because if she was only four months pregnant, they would have just found out gender. Mm-hmm. So. It could be. It's possible. Wow. That would be disgusting. I'm sickened by this man. How the fact that, like, wait, like, so he got her pregnant, like, right around the time that he would have been starting to talk to Nicole. Yeah. They're so rude. That's all I have for this one. Seeing as more information tends to be released on this from time to time, like, maybe he'll decide to tell us a couple of the things that he's taken to his grave um for that reason and that reason only we'll stick a bookmark in this story just in case if any updates arise we will be sure to let you know here on true crime story podcast we're also thinking about doing breaking news episodes where we can include any and all new updates from both old and new cases if that's something that you guys would be interested in let us know right absolutely I think it'd be great because then, for example, we had to record the night before we released the Idaho 4 because there was an update that night. Um, No different than Delphi. Since Mm -hmm. the time that we recorded Delphi from the time it was released, there were updates that we didn't get in the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not huge updates, not super important updates, but Mm -hmm. it's still information that we would have liked to bring to you um, with the episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. If you don't mind giving us a five-star rating, it will help our show grow. You can also find us on Facebook at True Crime Story Podcast, where the discussion can continue. If you wish to contact us, you may do so via email at truecrimestorypod at gmail.com. I'm Bree. And I'm Char. 
and we'll see you on the next chapter. Bye! Bye.